Welcome to the World Beyond the Tale, the Page a Day American Gods podcast. I'm your host, James, and today we're reading page 83. Perhaps you should. It is the wisest thing to ask the dead. Sometimes they will tell you. Zorya Vechernyaya tells me that you played checkers with Chernobog. Yes, he won the right to knock in my skull with a sledge. In the old days, they would take people up to the top of the mountains, to the high places. They would smash the back of their skulls with a rock for Chernobog. Shadow glanced about. No, they were alone on the roof. Zorya Pulichnaya laughed. Silly, he is not here. And you won a game also. He may not strike his blow until this is all over. He said he would not, and you will know, like the cows he killed. They always know first. Otherwise, what is the point? I feel, Shadow told her, like I'm in a world with its own sense of logic, its own rules. Like when you're in a dream, and you know they are rules you mustn't break, but you don't know what they are or what they mean. I have no idea what we're talking about, or what happened today, or pretty much anything since I got out of jail. I'm just going along with it, you know? I know, she said. She held his hand, with a hand that was icy cold. You were given protection once, but you lost it already. You gave it away. You had the sun in your hand, and that is life itself. All I can give you is much weaker protection. The daughter, not the father. But all helps, yes? Her white hair blew about her face in the chilly wind, and Shadow knew that it was time to go back inside. Do I have to fight you? Or play checkers? he asked. You do not even have to kiss me, she told him. Just take the moon. How? Take the moon. I don't understand. Watch, said Zoria Pulishnaya. She raised her left hand and held it in front of the moon so that her forefinger and thumb seemed to be grasping it. Then, in one smooth movement, she plucked at it. For a moment, it looked like she had taken the moon from the sky, but then Shadow saw that the moon shone still, and Zoria Pulishnaya opened her hand to display a silver Liberty Head dollar resting between finger and thumb. And that's our page. To start the page, Zoria Pulishnaya says that you should ask the dead what you want, what they want, rather. It makes good sense. You could spend time being scared and freaked out or whatever you're feeling, but if you get to a mutual understanding, you can move forward as a man and undead zombie lich wife. We get another mention of sacrifice here. Chernobog is discussed as... Mm, Zori Pulishnaya mentions that Chernobog's sacrifices would be taken to high places like the tops of mountains before they would have their heads smashed in with a rock. Being at the top of the building, though not a rocky mountain high, Shadow is a bit worried, but she restates that Chernobog would not take his swing until the events have all passed because he's a man of his word, much like Shadow and his post-prison bath. Zoria Pulishnaya also says that Shadow is going to know when he's going to die, or at least when the blow is coming. Because, like the cows, what's the point if they don't know? I feel like I need to insert that meme of the frustrated guy just yelling, I guess, because I don't I don't know why that's an important part of a sacrifice. I guess maybe the fear? The knowledge of one's mortality coming to an end? I don't know. It's It's this little moment of... She seemed pretty innocent up to this point, but... It's one of those little lines that it's like, oh, she's got a dark side to her. And I think that's true of a lot of the gods we're going to meet on the way. There's there's the surface that we get, or the brief moments we'll spend with them. But as we research into the backgrounds, there's definitely darkness in a lot of their origin, origin stories. That's not really an origin story, is it? That's superheroes. Eh, fuck it, I'm keeping it. 
Shadow has another telling paragraph where he feels like he's in a world where there's rules and he knows what they are, but he doesn't know why he's supposed to be following them. He also admits that he hasn't had much of an idea of what's been happening since he got out of prison. And it's important to note that it's only been like three or four days since he got out of prison. At a certain point within the novel, we, we start having a, a time jump you know, days and days ahead, or maybe even a, a week or so at a time. But the book passes in, a lot seems to happen in a very small period of time. And so it's odd, and it's it's it just throws me off when I think about how we're 80-some pages into the book here, and it's only been maybe a week. At, at the most, it's been about a week or two tops since we met Shadow. Shadow also mentions that he's kind of just been going along with things. He's been going with the flow and, and watching what happens. And I think that's pretty clear. He's he's grieving and he's depressed. And he's just going along with Wednesday because it was the first thing that happened to him when he got out of prison. Why not go with this guy who's crazy and going to pay me a lot of money? It sort of makes sense, or at least some sort of sense to Shadow. Shadow complains about these things, but you'll also note that he doesn't ask for help or clarification. He's not that kind of person right now. He's very stubborn, and we're going to get more examples of that. God, probably. It's a long way away, but he's he's definitely... He's definitely not asking for help when he should be asking for help, and this is one of those situations. But Zoria Polishnaya tells him that Sweeney's coin was protection, and that the coin was life itself because it was of the sun and so that's why laura came back to life if if we hadn't made the connection yet this will spell that out pretty clearly here in lieu of protection from the sun though she reaches to the sky and pulls down the moon in the form of a liberty dollar and she notes that it's a different kind of protection and it's of the daughter not the father so that it may not be as strong but that any protection is good pulling down the moon is also something that happens in Sandman in the Game of You, in the A Game of You story arc. A number of women pull down the moon in an attempt to travel to the Dreaming, and it really fucks up the whole weather pattern for where they are in New York City. I kind of wonder if this is a, a knowing nod to that, where where there is a, the moon is not there, and then suddenly it's back again. I don't know. It could be Neil making a knowing nod and nudge to people who have read Sandman, or it could just be that there's a common theme of moons and such in his work. So the uh, coin is a silver Liberty head dollar. The head of Liberty has been featured on a number of coins and I think even bills. Mm, Certainly coins, at least, in the United States throughout the years. The Liberty Head dollar mentioned here is what's known as the Peace Dollar, minted between 1921 and 1928, and again between 1934 and 1935. The front of the coin was the head of Lady Liberty, the word Liberty above her head. The reverse side showed a perched bald eagle with the United States of America, E Pluribus Unum, all that on the top, and Peace along the bottom. There have been silver dollars in various faces and such throughout the years, but apparently there's a 1964 Liberty Dollar that was minted and struck, but there was an outcry over a wasted resources, and so the coins were recalled and supposedly melted back down. It's an interesting 
connection to Wednesday as there were many known fakes of the 64 Liberty Dollar that passed through the hands of collectors, and it seems like something Wednesday himself might do. We'll talk a little more about the Liberty Dollar, and we'll have more to talk about with Liberty uh, about a week from now or so. Wednesday has a delightful little speech. I do think it's funny that right before Zoria Pulishnaya pulls the moon from the sky, Shadow asks her if he has to fight her or play checkers. Shadow is being funny here, and I'm not sure if he's in. There's once again, there's no, there's no indication as to how he speaks these words from the text itself. But I like to think he's just kind of exasperated, like, "Oh God, do I have to fight you, or do I have to play checkers?" And no, she doesn't even have to kiss him. Or vice versa. You can get in touch with the show at theworldbeyondthetale at gmail.com and on Twitter at worldbeyondpod. Thank you to Julian Granganage for his version of St. James Infirmary Blues, which we use as our theme song. And thank you for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with another page. And remember, only the gods are real.